This podcast is brought to you by You're the Best, a celebration of friendship, a collection of essays about the importance of female friendships in our lives by the Satellite Sisters. It's the perfect thank you gift for all the springtime celebrations, from showers to reunions to Mother's Day. Tell the Satellite Sisters in your life, you're the best. Available at Amazon or wherever books are sold. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. It's Tuesday, April 26th. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, in Dallas, Texas. Hey, Jewel, what's happening there in Texas? Well, hi, Leanne. Well, you know, today is National Pretzel Day. Did you know that? Uh, No, I love pretzels. I love pretzels. So get yourself a pretzel, okay? I am excited about the resurgence of, like, those German pretzels and bakeries everywhere, those pretzel buns and pretzel things. I, it's fantastic. I love a pretzel. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, now so I'm, celebrate today, Leanne. That's what I, I can't, to say. Julie, you? I cannot celebrate today because this is the truth. Like right after we record this, I have to go do a talk to a lovely ladies organization. But I'm all I'm in full hair, makeup, dress as we do this. And I bought a new pair of let's just say shapewear. I bought some new shapewear, Julie. And I thought yes. I would just try it on before the show so that after the show I could just jump right into it. But it's so binding and so complicated to get on. I just had to leave it on. So I know how that is. Yeah, I I believe some women have been killed by shapewear. You know (laughs) that they strangled to death in the dressing room, getting into something and just not being able to get it totally off. Okay, so don't attempt that, Leanne. No. So I just left it on. But if I suddenly like pass out because of oxygen deprivation, just call nine one one. Hang up the Skype and call nine one one. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, On the show today, we have some breaking news. Julie's bringing us all the news from football, the world of football. You know, we like to cover football occasionally here on Satellite Sisters. Julie's in Texas. That's her job there. Um, There was a great piece in the New York Times about the the social planner for Buckingham Palace, which a couple of just great details about the royal family, but one detail about the royal wedding that stunned me, stunned me. So I'm going to tell you about that. You have some TV picks, Julie, a book pick. Uh, we, oh, Jewel. Oh, God bless her. Martha Stewart has a new hashtag. And I just, we got to get in on it. I'm just going to reveal what the hashtag okay. is and then issue it. No, issue it. I follow her on Twitter and I know she was upset last week because, because she was she was not on the voter list when she went to vote in New York. Now, now, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that you were a convicted felon, Martha, but... Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. She was complaining about that because okay. people people were removed from the voter uh, list, and that was that was not right. Okay. So, uh, all right. Well, it's not a protest hashtag, but but okay. maybe okay. it could be. Maybe, maybe it could be. And then, of course, we have our Outlander uh, commentary. But Julie, I'm going to say I want to offer this show up in sisterhood uh, to Kelly Ripa, who. <laughs> I think. Yes. Yes. She has shown uh, remarkable fortitude in the face of adversity over the last few days when she found out by accident that her co-host was jumping ship and going to Good Morning America. Kelly Ripa, in my opinion, is like the most talented woman on television. I think she is fantastic. What she does every that day. First, that first 15 minutes that she does every day where they just come out and chit-chat. She did it with Regis, uh, and now she does it with Michael, where they just come out and chit-chat about the news. 
is so funny and so it's just brilliant. She is genuinely like hilarious. So I, she just doesn't get enough credit for that. And I think that's what she felt last week. Like somebody could have told her that uh, Michael Strahan was getting really a much better job. And like someone who worked at the network. So Kelly, she sicked out. I loved it. She went, she went to the Caribbean and all I have to say is, I know. She's returned today. It's on right now as we record this, so I haven't seen it, but from the Twitter feed on the East Coast, it looks like she was triumphant. Always classy. Stay classy, Kelly, and stay noisy. This Satellite Sisters is for you because we love you. So there you go, Kelly. I hope she just gets her own show. It should just be the Kelly Ripa show, and occasionally Anderson Cooper can show up. I like when the two of them are on. I mean, she held on by herself during the whole while they were trying to find her new co-host, right? Yeah. I mean, she carried the show. She is made a lot of money for uh, yes. our former lawyer at ABC. Which <laughs> yes, say. full disclosure, but we used to work for ABC. Dis- <laughs> we used to work, yeah. We didn't get any advance notice either, did we? No, so. no, we did not. So, Kelly, we understand how you feel. You just, you're the glue, Kelly. You're the glue holding that whole network together. And we know it, Kelly. So this one's okay. for you. Team Kelly over here. That's good. That's good. All right. Speaking of team sports, uh, Tom Brady in the news again today. I, okay. I'm embarrassed please. for him. He, go you ahead. Are, yeah. Uh, I'm embarrassed I, I, for him. Here's what I'm mad about, Lynn. I just, I read, of course, the news is that the Second Circuit Court of the U.S. District Court reinstated Tom Brady's four-game sus- uh, suspension for something called deflate gate. And he had gone to court. Okay. So, here is my beef this morning, Leanne, is that is, that's like taxpayer dollars. Those are, that's all, you know, this is our money that they are wasting in, you know, in U.S. federal courts uh, over whether the NFL had the right to punish Tom Brady. Over the okay, so. It is like employer law. I mean, it, it is. about, yeah. How many issues we have in this country, serious things, people that really that are going to court that really need, you know, they need adjudication. Okay, I I mean these these two people, I mean Tom Brady and the NFL, they're we're not sympathetic to them. Okay, just work it out among yourselves, okay? Don't waste our time, don't waste our money. And the fact the fact that we have to talk about it again makes me upset. And you know that he could appeal Tom Brady could appeal this and take this to the Supreme Court as if we don't have enough problems <laughs> I know I, I I guess there is a piece of like employer employee law to be settled here okay. I don't know what it is but uh, I guess that's right, the but point but uh, at first I just I mean he he cheated take the yeah cheaters guess what they do they lie i think we've learned i mean if lance armstrong taught us nothing it taught us this so he cheated take the punishment and move on like that's why i'm mad but you're right julie the whole taxpayer money thing i hadn't even really thought of that angle i just it's our money it's like didn't she we just had tax say right this is what we're paying for so tom brady and the nfl which is a not-for-profit organization leanne okay can you can clog up our court system with this case, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. Start a hashtag, Jill. Start a hashtag. Get on it. Cook up a hashtag. Okay. Okay. And then the other, the other uh, NFL-related story this morning coming out of uh, Texas is that Johnny Menzel, who was cut from the Cleveland Browns, um, has been indicted on a misdemeanor assault charge. 
And this is in regards to something that happened, an assault that happened on, that he perpetrated on, uh, allegedly perpetrated on his girlfriend. So this is really a sad story, Leanne. It's sad because once again, it's about domestic violence. Uh, it's violence against women. Right. And, and then, then you have Johnny Menzel, who was, you have to remember, freshman year at Texas A&M, he won the Heisman Trophy. They, you know, here in Texas, they called him, you know, Johnny Football. I mean, he was such a big, big, big star, you know. Now, but, you know, he had, obviously, he had trouble early on. And now he's, you know, he's been cut from the Browns. He, he you know, he didn't, he went to rehab. He didn't stay in rehab. He's been dropped by two agents. He's been dropped by his sponsors. His parents have made a, a, a plea that they don't think he is going to, you know, if he doesn't get help soon, he's probably not going to live to his 24th birthday. Right. You know? I mean, this is really a sad story of someone who probably would, who's terribly talented, was propped up because of his talent and because his talent was in the field of football where, you know, everything, you know, if you can throw the football, then no matter what else you do in your private life or your personal life, you know, people will just you know, help you and manage that, manage you. I mean, this is, this is really, it's very sad when you think how, how young he is and what, you know, and how much destruction he has created on himself and obviously to uh, his former girlfriend. So yeah, it reminds me a little bit of Amy Winehouse in that sense, you know, that there's so much talent there, but you know, they're just on a path of self-destruction. And, and people yeah. have tried to help. And as you said, many people literally physically and emotionally getting hurt along the way. It's a terrible story. Right. So, you know, and it, we had one other, you know, it, because there was, you know, it's the whole the issue of alcoholism with him. You know, in fact, he's not even here in Texas. Uh, he's going to plead guilty to this misdemeanor assault charge. But his uh, attorney came out yesterday and said, you know, he did you know, out of respect for um, for the woman involved in this case. He decided not to return to Texas. He's staying out in California. Well, you know where he is. He's at Coachella, Leon. He's at the Coachella Festival. Okay? Yeah. He's just not. Yes, yes, Leon. So it's not out of respect or something like that. He is continuing this self destructive behavior. On a on a sort of a, a related note, there was a very interesting article, a letter to the editor in um, our local paper here in Dallas about alcohol awareness, you know, this time of year in particular with, you know, with proms and graduation parties and spring, spring dances, et cetera, you know, and the article was written by a teenager who said that, you know, since the age of, of like since third grade in his schools and, you know, at camps and programs, he has been, you know, um, been made aware alcohol awareness programs, you know, that and and that, you know, you know, this is, you know, so many parents in so many different formats have talked to him about, you know, the dangers of underage drinking and of alcohol and, you know, and the consequences. But he said it only takes one parent, one parent to host a party, you know, to teenagers where they're serving alcohol to undo the work of so many other adults and so many other parents along the way, you know? It's true. And when you think, I mean, it was just such a, such a profound statement that, you know, that he, that he said that, and it's true. You know, we, you know, all, we all try to teach our children to do the right thing. 
but it only takes like one parent to, you know, to allow things to go on in their household, whether they're there or not there, you know, that that, that undoes everything, doesn't it? You it know? Does. And that that's a much more power, that action of that one adult is much more powerful than all the educational programs that you might want to expose your child to when you're trying to teach them about alcohol. Yeah, I've been having a lot of conversations along this lines because it's prom season here and, you know, people wondering, should we take a limo? Should we have them do Uber? You know, at this point, do we just throw in the towel and assume they're doing this? You know, all valid conversations. And uh, at Collins Prom, the post party, the mother said, we're having s'mores. There won't be any alcohol. <laughs> I was like, that sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. You know, s'mores yeah. better than Jägermeister. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. it's true. Okay. It's true. It's true. All right. Good reminder this season, Julie. Good reminder. Okay. All, All right. right. Everybody stay safe. Yes. All right. Uh, changing tone here. There was a great article in the New York Times style section this weekend about Buckingham Palace's favorite party planner. Oh, Julie, it was fantastic. Because, you know, of course, we had the Queen's 90th birthday and yeah. the, be the best photos ever of Prince George. That, that throne, Lynn. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. He just really upped his game because <laughs> his, kind of, his cousin kind of stole his thunder in that picture of the queen with her, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Mia, the one that was holding her purse. That, I know. That, the, the Annie Leibovitz picture. Yeah, that, I mean, that was trouble for uh, for Prince George. You know, he really had to come, he had to have a comeback. And I think, I think he did land Very with the strong. bathrobe and slippers. Yes. Very strong. Very strong. So, uh, but there is like an official party planner that Queen Elizabeth uses. And of course, it's her cousin. Okay. It's someone called Lady Elizabeth Anson. And she's okay. Queen Elizabeth's cousin and has been her party planner for more than 50 years. And so the, I'm going to post a link to this at our website and at the Facebook page because you have to read the whole thing. It's just got some, if you loved Downton Abbey, meet the real, like, <laughs> meet the real Lady Grantham because she is perfectly British and perfectly snobby. And that's fantastic. That's fine with me. She is both frugal and extravagant, which I love. But she only revealed a few things about the royal family. She really can't talk too much about them. She does a few things for them, and then she has an outside career as a real party planner in London and has been doing it for 50 years. But she said with the wedding of um, Kate and Will, it was yeah. really threw her for a loop because they wanted something that had never been done before at the palace. They wanted a reception after the wedding. Yeah. Can you believe there had never actually been a reception after any of those royal things that you go? Well, they're you pretty stuffy, Lynn. I mean, you, you know, it's not like they're like rolling up the rug and they're going to start dancing. But right? not I, even I, any I food. That. Julie, not even any food. No food or drink. Like they had never even had that. And so, uh, you know, Kate Middleton said, well, we they went to the weddings of their other friends. Well, maybe we'd like some canapes. So she said they had to, like, teach the staff how to make hors d'oeuvres. For goodness sakes, do they eat nothing there at the palace? How is that possible? Well, I can see if we went to see the Queen, Lynn, we yeah. might be too nervous to eat. Don't you think that? 
Don't you think we would? Uh, yes, we so would be too nervous. Like actually, it might be a, for safety that you would actually choke on your food if you were going to have to meet the Queen of England uh, or the princess, you know. So uh, that it's probably for safety that they just, uh, you know, uh, never served any canapes. <laughs> it did seem shocking to me that those yeah. poor royals have to stand around for hours and hours and get all dressed up and be in their place. And then after the big photo on the balcony, it's like, well, goodbye, leave now. They don't... <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's unbelievable. Uh, all right. But uh, the, on the, the website link, which is great, has also her eight party tips. And I won't, I won't read all eight. You should read them yourself. But I just wanted to read this one because I think it sums up really what the British think of us. And the first one is that the invitation sets the tone. According to Lady Elizabeth, if you have a cheap looking invitation, she says, quote, you imagine there's going to be acidic wine and miserable food. All right. <laughs> now. Okay. So Lady Elizabeth suggests simple and elegant are preferable to invitation one at upsmanship. And then she recounts a story where someone wanted her to do save the date cards with Swarovski crystals costing no yeah. less than 2,500 pounds a card. And she declared, that's just vulgarity. Okay. And then okay. this is the best bet for Americans. She admits to occasionally using paperless post. <laughs> That's what they think of us. Evites are fine. Evites are fine. <laughs> Evites are fine for Americans. Yeah, yeah. Why waste the paper, Liam? Really? Those Americans. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Anyway, a lot of good details in the story, so I'll post that on the Facebook page. And then, Julie, this email, I almost I almost fell off my chair the other morning. I was drinking coffee, checking my emails, and I, I get a daily news newsletter from Martha Stewart. And yeah. uh, so the headline drew me in. It was um, Aging Gracefully. All right. Let Martha's masterful and mindful longevity tips add years to your life, she claims. Okay. And, but here's yeah. the hashtag that she wants us all to start using. Hashtag living the Martha life. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I got to write that down. Living, living the Martha, the Martha life. life. Cause I feel like we, every day we could do something that's, you know, uh, shows us living the Martha life. What is that? Going to jail, wearing ponchos, <laughs> creating a scene. I mean, it's just living the Martha life. I mean, the gall living. and yet the confidence, the gall and the confidence of Martha. Yes, Stewart. it is. Leanne. I know. I, I know. know. Cause she, I know on Twitter, she just posted pictures of some new private jet she was in that she thought was <laughs> super nice. She's you know? living the Martha life, Jewel. Living the She's Martha living life. living the Martha life. We are not. <laughs> But her, and here are ideas. And this is the thing that makes me crazy. They all look good for God's sake. Yes. You know, yes, she has good recipes, good ideas. Yeah. Yes. Garden, party with your people, hop on the detox train, creative forms of exercise. They have her just like holding on, holding on to a stripper pole, which I'm sure she has never really done, but she's oh, no, please, please live in the Martha please. life. She's living the Martha life. She wants right. you to eat more kale, Jewel. She wants you okay. to. She wants you to meditate. Although I can't imagine she has ever meditated. Uh, practice what happiness. Do you think she'd meditate on. That's... How to live the Martha life? <laughs> Get your greens. Martha, Martha, Martha. Spice up your life. Celebrate something and drink antioxidants. So there, there you go. That's living the Martha life. But I just think that's okay. a funny hashtag that we should think about uh, exploiting right. in some way. And and we should challenge, we should make that our challenge <laughs> as you challenge yourself every day, Leanne, if you have a Martha moment, 
Just hashtag it, okay? I will too. Okay. Take a picture. I'm going to put post it on Instagram. That sounds good. Well, here, here, this is almost Martha-like, and I want to pass this on in Vogue.com. Our first cousin once removed, and I know that's her. That's her official position in our family, Hannah Kirshner, because um, our Facebook group told me so. I wasn't. She is. She is the daughter of one of our cousins. So that makes her first cousin once removed, which really isn't a very nice. No, I don't think that's a nice title. But anyway, she has a great little piece at Vogue.com, three 15-minute dinners better than takeout. Okay, Mm. that's I mean, which is good. Maybe you still have you have a teenage son at home. I am still cooking dinner every night. You're still cooking. Yeah. You're going to find in the fall. You are not going to want to cook. I'm just saying you're going to be so sick of cooking by the time. No, I'm sick of it now. No, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, you just like, oh, what what do we want for dinner? So she has three great ideas because it is better than takeout. Because usually when you do takeout, you think it's easier, but then you're kind of disappointed. You know, it's like the food isn't as good. It's it's not that healthy. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. So she has three simple meals that uh, if you have some eggs and, you know, Hannah lives in uh, Brooklyn, New York and raises chickens. So she, she, she always has eggs. So a lot of <laughs> these reci- recipes include eggs. Good so point. just get, keep some eggs in the house and you'll be able to do this. The first one is a French omelet with a simple salad. I mean, that's nice. It is that's nice. Super nice. Yeah. Easy. That's a nice, easy dinner. I, and it's better than takeout, okay? Second suggestion, you don't have any idea for tonight, a spectacular sandwich, okay? That's a good dinner. You know that, you know? And it's like she says, if you have cheese and three kinds of pickles, you can make a great sandwich. How about <laughs> roasted veggies and Greek yogurt? Mm. Uh, throw on a fried egg on your sandwich, okay? Those are all excellent suggestions. So that's a good one. And third um, 15 minute dinner is udon noodles again with greens and she throws on an egg again she's got the chickens in the apartment she's got to she's got to use those eggs up but i don't cook a lot with udon noodles but i, I think I, I like the pictures of these uh they're beautiful photographs in vogue.com so you should check it out and congratulations to hannah oh That's yeah i'm looking art. at them right now all these look totally doable and totally delicious Yes, oh, yeah, I got to yes. put more pickles on my paninis. You're right. There's an egg on every single meal. So there, there's an egg on the panini too. Fantastic. Yeah, okay. but that's a good thing. Like just get yourself some eggs, okay? Because then you always have a backup meal, yeah. right? So I that think is that's, true. that's oh, good. Excellent. Uh, something good that's one. delicious and nutritious. Well, Lillian, it is Tuesday and you know I do picks and pans on Tuesday and I took all my crankiness out on the NFL uh, at the beginning of this podcast. So I, I don't have any pans this week, but I do have some picks that I want to talk uh, talk about. You know, the first is a TV show. Now, this is really a fantastic time to be alive because there's so much good TV. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> that is true. I mean, I mean, I mean I forget gotta... like human rights and running water. There is no, great no. TV. There's great TV. That sounded incredibly shallow, didn't it? Yeah. But it is Tuesday. Even for a Tuesday. <laughs> Even for a Tuesday. Okay. Okay. But I just, it seems like, you know, we, we talk about some of the great shows and I'm going to, I want to recommend a great mini series that's on AMC. It is not too late to get involved with this. It's called The Night Manager. 
And this stars Tom Hiddleston and Hugh Laurie. And it's based on a John Le Carré book, okay? I didn't read the book, so you don't, and so I don't know if it's like the book or not, but you don't need to read the book to be immediately drawn into this land. So I'm excited because it, I, I, ta- I DVR'd it. For, I thought it would be a good one for my husband and I, but I haven't watched it yes. yet. Yes, okay. It, it, it focuses on a handsome former soldier, Jonathan Pine, who now works as the night manager at a luxury hotel, okay? And it's got great scenes. You know, it opens in Cairo with the Arab Spring. It goes to the Swiss Alps. There's scenes from London. Uh, so it's, I've only seen the first episode. The last episode, I think, airs, or the next episode airs tonight. It's uh, it's a six-part series. Uh, and Hugh Laurie plays a bad guy. You know, he's, he's the former star of... Um, house uh and uh he really does he's british you know you i don't know if you knew that so he has a british accent and and he uses it in this in this series which is a little disconcerting yeah i hadn't really thought about it like i knew in in my head i knew he was british but i can only hear him as house so yeah 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 yeah. it's just like yeah where'd you where'd you cook up this british accent but that's the way so he plays kind of the bad guy so i i think it's going to be great uh i have very high hopes for it so i i definitely want to do that as a pick. Okay. Um, I, I just, I just quickly, I totally endorse uh, Liz's. Liz, I know, spoke very highly of the movie Sing Street. You have to go see it. It's that's a pick, Land. That okay. is a great little movie by John Carney, uh, by the same guy who did Once and Begin Again. Just, it is delightful. It's sweet, um, and you know, so go see it. Uh, and then the third is a book. Uh, Leanne, this is the time of year where you have to start to pack your beach bag because summer is going to be right around the corner. And I have a I have a book for you for um, for your book uh, for your book for your beach bag. The name of the book is A Low Country Wedding by Mary Alice Monroe. Okay, she's a New York Times bestselling author. Um, so what I love about this book is. It has three sisters in it, Leanne, so you got to love that, okay? It's got a grandmother named Mama, which is a pretty good name, okay? <laughs> two weddings, Leanne, two separate weddings going on in this book, a stranger and a dolphin, okay? You cannot beat that combination, okay? <laughs> and it's set in Charleston, South Carolina, so it's just sort of oozing with all kinds of charm and you love the setting. Uh, you love these three sisters. Um, and I had, I had the great opportunity of meeting Mary Alice Monroe when I went to the Pulpwood Queens author extravaganza. Oh, oh that's fun. And she is delightful. She, this book was, she said this book was coming out in May. Uh, she is going to be here in Dallas on May 16th, speaking at half price books at 7 p.m. on Northwest Highway. So if you're if you're around, come out and meet Mary Alice because I'm going to be there as well. And uh, I I think it's a I think it's a great uh, great book for the summer, Lynn. Oh, good for you. That's great. It is, isn't it? Fun now that you've met some authors to then be able to read their work and and sort of you have a, a different sense of the book and of them once you put the two together. Yeah, isn't that's, it? That's fun. That's right. She's. She is very committed to environmental issues and it works very closely in, in South Carolina and the Charleston area. And so it's very interesting to see how her love of the environment is infused in a low country wedding is the name of the book. And, uh, I give it a thumbs up. She is a, her first book called the summer girls, uh, 
what is about these three sisters. I didn't read that. I, I just, just plunge in. You can read a low country wedding and then go back and read her other books if you want. Excellent. Thank you, Julie. Good recommendation. Do me, I, I know people are going to want to know that. So you can post that on the, on the Facebook page. I will too. Do. I Fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, we just wrapped up, we taped and then finally watched the two part Ken Burns series about Jackie Robinson. Oh, that was fantastic. I, did you watch that with your husband? I did. I've seen the first, I've seen the first part. I have not seen the second part. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. So much new information yeah. about Jackie Robinson. I, I didn't really have a very three-dimensional picture of his life or what he, you know, what he experienced and what he believed. So that was fantastic. And I know it's downloadable uh, on the, you can watch it for free on the PBS site till the end of today, if you want. <clears throat> But I'm sure it will be available somewhere else after that. That was fantastic. Um, all right. Uh, now we're going to get to Outlander. Sorry, remember, we're doing our commentary. And then we will post our full recap of Madam Secretary um, probably tomorrow. Last week, I just totally forgot. I taped it. I edited it. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to post that. Because when we post the two things simultaneously, people either don't find the show or don't find the recap. I, I don't, I can't explain it. So that's why I post them separately. But okay, this week, Julie, we're just doing Outlander commentary. It's not a full recap of the series. You know, Jamie and Claire are in Paris. They're trying to time travel back and stop the rebellion before it happens and all of Jamie's kinsmen are killed on the fields of Culloden. Um, but this basically played out like your average domestic fight in anybody's house. Like Claire's bored and wants to get a job and Jamie's out all night, like talking politics at a whorehouse and playing chess. And he wants her to be home whenever he happens to show up. <laughs> I, I think that that says it all. Doesn't I mean, it? First of all, can I just say, I appreciate this pre-screening that's going on on our satellite sisters, Facebook page. Uh, so they, they know how horrified I was with the last, last season's final episode and uh, they're doing an excellent job of just letting me know that, yes, it's safe to watch this episode. But I, I Lee, and I have to say, I am I'm not loving it this, so far this year. I'm not loving France. I'm I'm just like Jamie. OK, uh, first of all, I don't like seeing Jamie so unhappy and and stuffed into those fancy pants clothes. That's no. bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want him back in the kilts. I want him out swinging swords. OK. I, I don't like the I don't like the servants fake French accents. I don't like the parlor scenes. Um, I don't like the wigs. Uh, it's, it's just I I don't know. I, I'm I'm not liking being in France at all with the time travel. Yeah, I have to say I, I I will agree. I mean, I know this is part of his journey. He had that traumatic experience in the prison. We don't have to relive it. But he's not really connecting with Claire on any kind of physical level. They're having a hard right. time connecting emotionally. But let's face it, that was a pretty spicy first season, and that was enjoyable. And this is just like. People playing chess or or, or yeah, stitching. That's what I mean. Those cards. I know bad parlor games. I mean, I want to see some more sword fights or like yeah. those scenes in Scotland were good. You yeah, know? riding through the countryside. Not yeah. like not like carriages. You know. Yeah. I, I, so I don't. I don't like that. Yeah. I really am also having. I, I'm just admitting it, Lee, and I'm having a hard time following the intrigue associated with you know their spying. Uh, their spying. It's like. 
I, you know, I, I don't know. Some of these French characters, they come, they go. I don't like that. So well, the I, one part. I, it all comes okay. back to Jack Randall. That's what you need to know. Like he's not dead. He's still alive. And somehow all the money comes back to Jack Randall. So that's, yeah, you can sort of just tune out when the prince, the loony prince is speaking. I know. I can't. I, I'm not enjoying that as all. Now, I, I had Claire. I, the costumes are incredible. In fact, in that oh in this in the beginning of, the, of this this week's episode it appeared she was wearing a, a small love seat wasn't it i mean she was it was gigantic I these know. outfits these golden capes i mean she looks the stuff is amazing and she looks amazing in it and uh uh they're they're so like impressive in terms of the size of uh, whatever the, the rig she's got on. I just, I like it. I like that. Uh, but I agree with Jamie. I do not think that she should be in that hospital tasting urine and emptying bedpans. Okay. She's pregnant. <laughs> and performing right? surgery. She did some, some light surgery there at the end. I which... know. I know. I just. I know. I, I agree. I just, I have to say, finding it a little dull, finding it just a yes. little dull. And they may be setting the scene for bigger, bigger and better things. But um, yeah, I have to say, it's not really working for me dramatically. So, uh, although I did like the infection sniffing dog, I thought that. Bouton, <laughs> yeah, he's good. He, good. he is very good. And Mother Superior, <laughs> who happens to like, do everything, know everything, play music, and know Johann Sebastian Bach. I like when, <laughs> like, actually know him, like personally yeah, but know they him. But better, we better have a sword fight or something. Yeah. We better see more plaid in next week's episode. <laughs> or I don't know how much longer I can uh, I agree. go on. With. You know, it was a trial basis, Julie. You're under no obligation. That's the way. Okay. No obligation. Yeah. No obligation. Yeah. So, you know, I know I read all the books and I read them a while ago and I'm trying to remember like how long this lasts. I can't really recall. There was so much more back and forth. It felt like in the book between, between um, time zones, as we say. Oh my gosh. That was, uh, that was kooky. All right. Okay. So that's, it was, I agree. Not, not fantastic. All right. Anything else going on this week, Jewel? What do you got? Well, this week, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hosting for my, it says my husband's birthday this week. And oh, that's right. You know how mom, mom used to, oh, don't worry about it, Liam. No, I know. We're um, not a big birthday family. So it's not, it's, we barely acknowledge each other's birthday. So then the spouse, it's just, it's not a thing for us. Well, we're having what, what mom used to host, a card party, Leon. Oh. That's what we're having. Okay. You know, which is, which sounds really exciting, but it's essentially everybody brings a birthday card. Okay. We're not going to be exchanging gifts, but it's a card party. We're gathering uh, family members that are here in Dallas and that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Oh, fantastic. Well, I have a big week. I have three, four speaking engagements in the next three days. And then, um, and then it's my husband's college reunion. So that Ooh, I am attending okay. because it's, okay. we went to the same school. So it's his 30th college reunion. It's my 29th. We, and so I know a lot of people from his class. So I have that going on. And then in the middle of that, I have to write um, my column for Pasadena magazine about astrophysics. So <laughs> I know our Facebook group was um, helping you with Very some helpful. interview questions, Liam. So I like the ones about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're sitting there with someone who is literally studying the origins of the universe, it is hard to actually say the words time travel. Let me just, 
I was able to ask a couple of your questions, but the time travel question with an actual astrophysicist is a bridge too far in face to face, but I may ask it. I may ask it of him, um, in, uh, in an email, in a follow-up email. Hey, by the by, what do you think of time, tra- time travel? I did ask him about aliens, and you I might have re- a, you might have a very informed opinion about that, Leanne. Yeah, and, I, and who knows, it might be possible. Or as a scientist, he may just laugh in your face. Like I can't. Like there was one question I asked him about because it's in the design issue. So I said, "Oh, you know, do you have any thoughts on like cosmic design?" I was trying to tie it into the overall issue. He's like, "Well, that's not really a thing." So <laughs> I don't know. That's a good way to shut you down. <laughs> With anyway. a sort of a nice way of saying that's sort of an idiot, idiot question. question. Okay. So that's why I pulled back on the time travel question. Okay, I, that's smart. Smart moves. Yeah, I mean, again, astrophysicist. So really highly accomplished astrophysicist at the Carnegie Observatory. So I, I just backed off. All right, but it's going to be a busy week. Um, but uh, we're cooking up some stuff for next week. I don't think we can announce it yet because I have to check with Liz. She's lining up. What could be, Julie, a big interview for us, but um, Ooh, I have okay. to confirm it with her. I don't want to say anything until we know it's confirmed. I think it was penciled in, uh, so I don't know if she's confirmed it yet. So, uh, But we'll tell you about that this week, I'm sure. All right. Uh, have a great week. Don't forget, we're posting, you too, the, Ma- we're posting the Madam Secretary recap as a separate podcast. Um, and uh, that's it. Yeah. Don't forget, call your satellite sister.